Welcome to Words That Move, your companion on your journey to unlock your full potential, achieve your dreams, and become the best version of yourself through motivational speeches, personal stories, and practical tips. We're here to fuel your ambition and remind you that the power to create your reality lies within. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And, and I learned a valuable lesson from this. I learned then and for the rest of your life, Whenever you try to do something out of the ordinary, people will line up to tell you that you can't do it, why you can't do it, that you'll lose your time, you'll lose your money, that you will, in effect, die in the desert. Even people who should know better will try to discourage you. To achieve anything greater worthwhile, you must train yourself to rise above these people, ignoring them and pressing on towards your goal regardless. We, <laughs> we crossed from Morocco into Algeria and drove south to the town of Adrar on the edge of the Sahara. By this time, our vehicle was falling apart. Uh, and with the cost of repairs and gasoline and food, we'd almost run out of money again. One of the guys, sick from dysentery, decided to give up. He took his money and his belongings and he hitchhiked to the Mediterranean, 500 miles north and then back to England. That left two of us. We began wondering, what are we doing here? We were two young men, 20 and 21 years of age, thousands of miles from home, sick, tired and almost broke, with thousands of miles ahead of us. We couldn't even remember why we started out in the first place, except that we had set it as a goal and we were too dumb <laughs> to change it. Anyway, but one of the things that kept us going was a book of poetry by Robert W. Service. Robert W. Service had driven an ambulance in World War I, and he'd written poetry to cheer up the soldiers uh, in the trenches on the Western Front. And there was one poem that we read over and over. It always gave us a boost in the determination to go forward. It was called Carry On. And it started like this. It said, it's easy to fight when everything's right. When you're mad with the thrill and the glory, it's easy to cheer when victory is near and wallow in fields that are gory. It's a different song when everything's wrong, when you're feeling infernally mortal, when it's ten against one and hope there is none. Buck up, little soldier, and chortle. Carry on, carry on, there isn't much punch in your blow. You're glaring and staring and hitting out blinds. You're muddy and bloody, but never you mind. Carry on, carry on, you haven't the ghost of a show. It's looking like death. But while you have a breath, carry on, my son, carry on. Well, by this time, we were in the Sahara, the largest desert on Earth. It stretches across the Tropic of Capricorn from the Atlantic Ocean to the Red Sea, more than 5,000 miles. And the part that we faced dead ahead was the Tenezrit, the emptiest single stretch of the Sahara, 500 miles of nothing, not a fly, not a blade of grass, as flat as a tabletop, 500 miles. The enormity of what we had embarked on finally, finally began to sink in. We learned that more than 1,300 people had perished in the Tenezrift in the last 20 years. 42 vehicles had broken down in the desert, and many of their drivers were never seen again alive. By this time, Jeff and I were once more out of money. All our tires were scraped bald, and they needed to be replaced. Uh, we needed additional tanks so we could carry enough gas and water for the crossing. We needed tools to do repairs. We needed a jack and lug wrench so that we could change lug wrench so we could change tires. Obvious. Uh, for three weeks, we stayed in a drawer. Jeff hitchhiked north to Algiers to wire for more money, more creative writing, while I sold all our supplies except for a bare minimum. With that money and by stripping abandoned vehicles, I got the Land Rover repaired and properly outfitted with reasonably good tires, a reserve gas tank, proper tools, and supplies for the crossing. 
It's amazing how enterprising you become when your survival is at stake. By the way, this story took place 24 years ago today. The Sahara Desert in June is hot. How hot is it? It's very hot. It's damn hot. At midday, it reaches 140 degrees Fahrenheit. An exposed man can die of dehydration in less than 20 minutes. When the French ran Algeria, they required travelers to carry five gallons of water per person per day for the crossing. That's how much you drank. Uh, because of the heat, you can only travel before 10 a.m. and after 4 p.m. The midday sun is so hot that if you drive, your engine oil boils. It becomes as thin as water, and your vehicle seizes up and it'll never run again. Six weeks after crossing from Gibraltar, we were ready. Jeff came back with some money from his parents, and the vehicle was in perfect condition for the crossing. We realized that if anything did go wrong and we couldn't fix it, we would most certainly die in the desert. Three days before the big push, the actual crossing, we met five Germans in a Volkswagen bus who were waiting for a truck convoy that would cross in a few days. They were going to play it safe and cross with the convoy, you know, safety in numbers. We told them we were going, convoy or no convoy, and they decided to cross with us. The Algerian government stamps your passport out of Algeria 500 miles north of the border. From there on, you're on your own, and they couldn't care less what happens to you. As far as they're concerned, you don't exist anymore. So we set out, and I remember this clearly, we set out at sunset on a Thursday following La Piste, which is a French word for track, a very accurate word, track, that led straight south across the desert. We drove through the night, as we drove through the night about 50 miles out, our troubles began. The German's vehicle sunk in and started to get bogged down in the fine sand that had blown over the track. And it also began to break down mechanically. It started getting sand in the carburetor and everything, and it began to delay us hour by hour. We had to get across the 500 miles in two days or we'd be out of water. So we pressed on as fast as we could, but over and over the German vehicle got stuck and we had to stop and drag it out with our four-wheel drive Land Rover, losing time and using precious fuel. Jeff and I took turns driving the Land Rover while the German vehicle drove parallel with us across the flat wasteland and we kept ourselves motivated by quoting the poem, carry on, back and forth to each other. And the next verse goes like this, and so in the strife of the battle of life, it's easy to fight when you're winning. It's easy to slave and starve and be brave when the dawn of success is beginning. But the man who can meet despair and defeat with a cheer, there's the man of God's choosing. The man who can fight to heaven's own height is the man who can fight when he's losing. Carry on, carry on, things never were looming so black. But show that you haven't a cowardly streak. And though you're unlucky, you never are weak. Carry on, carry on, brace up for another attack. It's looking like hell, but you never can tell. Carry on, old man. Carry on. By morning, by morning, we had only made 150 miles, and we were all exhausted and a bit tense. There was an abandoned army fort in the middle of the desert, and we had hoped to shelter there from the midday sun in one of the empty buildings, and now it was too late. The sun had begun its implacable climb up the eastern sky. Still, we hurried on. So you couldn't, fortunately, you couldn't get lost crossing the Sahara in the daytime. The track across the desert is marked by, 50, by black 55-gallon oil drums located every five kilometers, which is exactly the curve of the Earth's surface. You can always, as you drive, you can always see two oil barrels, the one you just passed and the one you're heading for. So all you have to do to cross the biggest desert on Earth is to take it one oil barrel at a time. Of course, traveling at night, if you wander from the piste, if you wander from the track, you can get lost in the desert and drive until you run out of gas. And many people have died that way. As we would approach each oil barrel, it was really neat, as we would approach each oil barrel, we come to this oil barrel, we just come parallel with it, the next oil barrel would just pop up on the horizon. And as we would pass this oil barrel, the one behind us would fall off the horizon, as though it had been shot in a shooting gallery. 
it's really neat. So in the years since then, I've found that you can achieve almost any goal you set for yourself if you simply take it one oil barrel, one step at a time. If you go as far as you can see, you will then see far enough to go further. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button and follow us for more episodes of Words.Move.